Stand with me for the reading of God's word. I'll go to Acts chapter 3. And I'm going to read 10 verses out of Acts chapter 3. When you have it in your Bible or smart device, or at least you see it, I'll post it on the screen. I want you to signify by saying, I have the bread. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple had the hour of prayer being the ninth hour and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful asking alms of them that entered into the temple who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple and ask an alms Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said look on us and he gave heed unto them looking he expected to receive something then Peter said silver and gold have I none but such as I have I'll give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking, leaping, and doing what? Praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And all of God's people said, Amen. Before you be seated and I'll let you sit down and you won't have until we do the benediction. But I want you to tell the person beside you, tell them it's coming from a different direction. coming from a different yo I see you can be seated it's coming from a different direction I know 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 I know, I know, is a phrase we pride ourselves in. I know. When I look in this church today, I'm, I'm greatly impressed at the academic achievements of you who are sitting in these rows today. And I don't say that lightly. I'm not being sarcastic. I am impressed. The mere fact that you stayed up endless nights writing papers and doing research, falling asleep in front of a computer. Mm. I, I'm impressed because many started, but everybody who starts don't finish. So I'm impressed. 
that you saw it through to commencement. There are more degrees in this room than degrees on a thermometer. You know, some of you have gone through programs to be certified in your field. You're not just working in your field, but you're certified. That comes with a different currency and a different uh, appreciation, right? Certification. Associates and bachelors, masters, doctorates. We have uh, a deacon in this church. He has a PhD and he's married to a PhD. I know, I know, I know. And what I don't know, hey, I'll just Google it. And there's a YouTube video for that. There's a TikTok for that. There's an AI for that. I'm not going to get into that. But let me lift to you. That as, as much as we go to church and read our Bibles and we read these holy scriptures. To study God. To know him. I want to lift to you that you can have a bachelor's in biblical studies, a master's in divinity, a doctorate from Dallas Theological Baptist Seminary and Liberty University, but you can never have a master's in God. You can never master God's movement. And because of that, for some of us, it's very challenging. Because we don't like to be a part of anything or be in any relationship that we cannot control. <laughs> I knew this message would be a little heavy, so I had to take off that heavy robe. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, you may know God, but you don't know God. So that's why I'm forever knowing. That's why a relationship with God is never boring. Because God is not just a person, but God is a place. I don't want to get into that because I know that's problematic for some of y'all. It's in him I live. It's in him I move and it's in him I have my being. If your experience with God is just a church service and shaking a preacher's hand, all you did was come in the doorway and you may still be in the lobby. But I need you to tell your neighbor, come on in a little deeper. There's more to God than a church experience. There's more to God than church membership. Oh, I know, I know, but do you really know him? Apostle Paul says, if you're going to ever really get to know him, you must know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering. Intimacy comes with God through suffering. I, I said this to a young man on yesterday that I believe the reason why some people in certain cultures are so sensitive to the realm of the spirit is because suffering postured them that way. My God. See, folk who feel like they never needed nothing and feel like they got everything they need they, they have never had to cry out to him but listen what the psalmist says this poor man cried and uh, I don't mean to holler here and the Lord heard him I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor I found God in my desperation oh my God I found him in my trauma 
I found him. The very thing that I wish never happened was a very thing that was a gift to me because unless I had endured it, I wouldn't know God like I know him. Now my question is, y'all keep shouting about he's a healer, but do you really know he's a healer? Is it a secondhand testimony? Did you get, did you overhear it from somebody else or do you know he's a healer? Did you Google it? Do you have information about him a healer or do you know he's a healer? The only way you can really know God is a healer is because there was one time in your life that you were sick and you called on the name of the Lord and what did he do? Shout to somebody tell him he healed me he healed me and I'm not just talking about from a blood issue I'm not just talking about from a migraine there's some places that an MRI couldn't pick up there's some places in me that were broken that a cat scan and an x-ray machine wouldn't see but look at your neighbor tell your neighbor he healed me look at y'all y'all don't want to y'all don't want to testify testify to somebody he healed me how do I know he healed me because I got past some things in my life that I thought I would never get past I'm able to see people and not hate them although they tried to kill me look at your neighbor tell your neighbor he healed me it didn't make me better it made me made me better so it's only through my suffering look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor I know him I know him I know him I got it I got it okay so tell me what I need to do call on him Jesus I got it Jesus and he answers I know God now I got God down pack because all you got to do is call him all you got to do is bend your knees and he responds and so as soon as you get comfortable in the method he moves and I go to find him where I always found him to find myself knocking and he's not answering realizing that if if he never hides we will never seek and what is the importance of seeking God because you seek what's a treasure it's, it's why gravels you can buy a whole truckload of them you can go out in the yard and pick up one but nobody wears one on their finger because they're everywhere can buy a truckload of them nobody takes a gravel and put it around their neck and said look how big my gravel is what makes a diamond more precious than a gravel because what it took to discover it what it took for it to be made the pressure that it endured to make it rare mm. and there are moments the reason why you see some of us worship him like we do is because we dug through a lot of darkness in our lives to experience the light of Jesus Christ. So you got to have something to gauge it by. 
what makes a mountain so high it's because of the depth of the ground around it it's what makes us look up at the mountain in awe and it makes us once we have climbed the top of it feel a sense of accomplishment because everybody don't get there everybody don't get to see the world from that view and it's just like God I know him I can touch the foot of who he is but there's a height to him there's a width to him and there's a depth of God that's under the surface that's untapped this is why people feel like if I can just learn enough scripture then I have a handle on God but you can know the scripture and not know the word is this too much for Sunday morning y'all hear what I'm saying to me did you I said you can know the scripture and not know the word you can know scriptures and not believe the word because scriptures are the words that are on the paper but the word are those scriptures revealed in your heart that's why you see that psalm I will bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall continually be in my mouth you know that scripture but when you know the word blessing the Lord at all times becomes a reality and not a poetic phrase at all times see that's why when, when you go through challenges you'll find out whether you believe in the scriptures or whether you got the word see because the word is not just what God says the word is who God is I got scripture for this John chapter 1 verse 1 in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word so I just realized y'all still standing up here but it's possible it's possible to have a lot of information without having a lot of knowledge and we walk by faith in contrast I'm walking by faith I'm walking by faith in contrast to what we walk by faith and not by sight there comes moments in your life where your sight becomes an enemy to your faith I mean I don't see this I don't see it I don't see it I don't see it where you're in the place now where if you're gonna see it you don't need eyes for it as a matter of fact your eyes can be a hindrance from vision mm. It's, it's, it's why I have challenges with airplane rides versus car rides although I'm not driving in either one of them I'm not driving when I leave here on Sundays and I have to take that three and a half hour drive to DC church I don't drive it somebody else is driving but I'm more comfortable in the car with the driver that I I mean with a plane with a pilot because there is a separation between me and the pilot I don't get to see him I would be more comfortable in my seat if I could at least physically see the person who's flying the plane and y'all be honest with me in this room you believe God but there are moments you question 
Ah, uh, look at y'all. You grew up in church in Awana, vacation Bible school and Sunday school, but it ain't faith until it's been tested. Have you ever wondered, is there really somebody on the other side of that door? Because there come moments in our, in our lives that we need to see something. Even Moses, after experiencing a burning bush, even got on the backside of the mountain and said, show me. If I'm going to walk out this assignment in life, just show me who you are. And Keon, I need y'all to know something this morning. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, God is not intimidated with your questions. He's not intimidated. Y'all whispered when you said it. Tell somebody he's not intimidated. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you can question God. Respectfully, but you can question him. And let me tell you something. And he may not answer, but you can still question him. Because when I first got on the plane, I got a glance of him. When I got in the seat, I heard him. But now I'm in turbulence and I'm not, he's not saying nothing. And now I'm wondering, am I going to make it? I'm wondering, whoo, I'm wondering, did I make the right decision? I'm wondering, am I in the right place? I'm wondering. And Isaiah says, and God's ways are not our ways. And God's thoughts are not our thoughts. And I'm uncomfortable with that. Because I need to put a handle on it. Give me the equation. Tell me what you're thinking. Job finally says, what's going on? What's going on? I've been serving you. What's going on? All of my children have died in one day. What's going on? I'm sick. Boils are covering my body. What's going on? The wife that I'm married to is now telling me I should curse you and die. So now I'm talking to you. What's going on? Because this doesn't look like the life of a righteous person. I agree with my friends. What's going on? I'm closing now because I'm pat my introduction is always long. What's going on? And you know what God says to Job? He does exactly what he does in the New Testament with the disciples. He answers questions with questions. He says to him, Daniel Hembry, where were you? What you say, what you saying? Where were you when I put the stars in the sky? Where, where were you when I said, son, move, where were you, where were you? And I can imagine Job says, what does this have to do with my question? And what God was saying to Job, what I'm communicating to you is that this is above your pay grade. God is God. And anytime you think you got a hold on him, you see him coming. From another direction that you thought going up is going this way when God will take you down first Whew. 
Hallelujah. There are moments where favor in your life will look like failure. And God's provision will look like punishment. But scream at somebody, tell them, but it ends well. It ends well. Oh, let me dig myself out of this because some of y'all think I'm talking strange here. There is a promise that Messiah will come after men have experienced failure in the garden. That there would be redemption. The promise and the prophecy in the book of Genesis says the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. You serpent, you'll crawl on your belly. But the seed of the woman is going to bruise your head. So to keep this prophecy from coming to pass, Satan raises up a Pharaoh to destroy all Hebrew boys of a young age. Hallelujah. Trying to keep Messiah from coming. Trying to keep deliverance from taking place. Going for the boys. When if he really wanted to go to the source, he should have went for the women. Because it's the seed of the woman. All of us know from anatomy, when it comes to reproduction, women don't provide the seed, women provide the egg. But the prophecy says when Messiah comes, the seed is coming from the woman. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, you don't have to understand it because it's coming from a different direction. See, the enemy is waiting for you to come the way you always come. He's waiting for you to do like you always do. Hallelujah. But I come to tell somebody that's getting ready to be a different move now. I hear somebody calling it a holy pivot. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor the same stuff that used to depress me, not depressing me anymore. The same thing that used to set me back, not set me back anymore. He said in James, count it all joy when you come against different temptations. I need you to run out of your seat and run over to somebody and tell them I'm in a different place now. I'm moving from a different direction. God is moving me. Seed of the woman. Seed of the woman. So, this Messiah that would come, can I preach about Jesus? Just for a second. This Messiah that would come would be the high priest. Would be the high priest. So, the enemy in the book of Samuel would attempt to pollute the priesthood. Hallelujah. Pollute the priesthood. Hallelujah. In the book of Exodus, he would try to pollute the priesthood. Get in the Levitical family. Among those of Korah. And they will rebel against Moses. Hallelujah. Messiah, if he's coming, he's got to come. If he's going to be our high priest. It's got to come through Levi, the Levitical tribe. Oh, but when Messiah came, the prophets said he would be the lion out of the tribe of Judah. In other words, this thing is going to be produced out of praise to God. I need you to look at your neighbor 
and tell your neighbor if you're going to produce in this season your greatest manifestation of faith is going to be your praise in other words God is going to look for something out of you when you don't understand God is going to look for praise out of you and praise is how you speak well of him even when your situation looks in contradiction and it's, I didn't realize my time is running out now came from a different direction hallelujah coming from a different order we look in the book of Acts the Old Testament books of history is the history of God's people but the New Testament book of history the book of Acts is the history of the church the church is being birthed in the book of Acts this is why I have a problematic issue with those who tell the history of the church I'm gonna tell you and I'll hit this and I'll move on and we can have a discussion about it at another time most people who teach church history they glance at the book of Acts and they stretch out into the early church fathers narratives and when I say early church fathers I'm not talking about Peter and not even Paul or even John the last apostle they're not re referencing them as church fathers they're talking about Athanasius Eusebius Clement of Rome they're talking about these Presbyterians, great men and great theologians who come centuries later and they stretch out church history and says, they says the church believed this because of what these men said because they were the, the, theologians and you know what theologians are theologians are people who master in theology what is theology theology is the study of who man say God is and any theology that man puts together will always have weaknesses and flaws because man's thought pattern can never be wide enough to wrap around the massiveness of who God is <laughs> so if you're Methodist you master in the method of God if you're Baptist you lean on the fact of God's immersion and salvation if you're Pentecostal you build a monument to one moment <laughs> but if you're in God ah, he's wider than my denominational connection he's wider than my cultural relevance he's, he, he's, he, he, he's wider than the relevance of a trend if we're going to declare that the book of Acts which we all believe across the kingdom of God is the picture of the early church then let's look at it what did the early church look like y'all help me preach I'm close because I feel the tension in the room what did the early church look like the early church came in with cultural diversity although they were all Jews they were Jews of the diaspora that mean they didn't all look alike they served the same God but they didn't
didn't all look alike. They served the same God and did not even all speak the same language. That's why the tongues on the day of Pentecost were evangelistic. It wasn't a prayer language. It was a other language. That the gospel would be preached through it. Let's look at a picture of the early church. Let's see what it looked like. They were laying hands on the sick. And they were recovering. They were casting out devils. They were having all things common. In other words, they believed in economic inclusion. That we just won't shout with you and then let you suffer by yourself. We won't collect tithing and offering and let you go home and be with your children and don't have food in the cabinet. They have all things all things in common my challenge with this is in most cases when professors and individuals talk about church history they lift that the Roman Catholic Church is the beginning of the church that's already a challenge historically because if in the book of Acts is the beginning of the church the church starts not in Rome It starts in Jerusalem. Now, many of you want to lift up the fact that the book of Acts is a picture of what was. But if you look at the end of the book of Acts, there's no conclusion to it. That means God is still saving. We are still baptizing in Jesus' name. People are still being baptized in the Holy Ghost because it's the model of the New Testament church. New Testament church. And so, even after Acts chapter 2 and the outpouring, take this Bible, thank you. After the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, what happens? They're still going to the synagogue. They're still going to the temple because their idea, Juliana, was not to start another religion. They're not starting another religion. Their foundation of their faith is Shema, Yisrael, Adonai, Eloheinu, Adonai, Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. So for them to understand that God is one and for them to worship Jesus, they're declaring that Jesus is that one God. So they weren't starting another religion. They didn't feel like they needed to go to somewhere else. They were still going to synagogue. Worshipping the one God. (laughs) They were still going, singing the same songs, but with a deeper meaning. (laughs) Hallelujah. They were still praying the same direction with a greater understanding. It wasn't until later that some of the other Jews said, Ah, 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 y'all worshipping Jesus. (laughs) That they departed from the temple and start worshiping in the house. But they weren't trying to start another religion. They believed the Decalogue and the Ten Commandments. That there was declared the 633 ordinances and commands and laws. Jesus had fulfilled it. He was the fulfillment of the law of Moses. Go back and watch the video. So, they're going to the temple at prayer time. Peter and John at prayer time because they understood to have power with God you have to got you got to have a prayer life 
See, some of you, the reason why I'm saying this is that because some of you want to experience the depth of God. You want to experience spirituality outside of the spirit. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be able to calculate God. Glory be to God. But there's a level of vulnerability you got to have in God's presence. I don't care how long you've been in church, COVID. There comes a moment when you want to go deeper in God. You got to come in knowing absolutely nothing. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, I know God and I don't know God. I've been in church all my life and I'm still learning. What I'm trying to get somebody to know in here today that there's more to God and you need to be open. You need to be open because God is getting ready to move in your life, but it's getting ready to come in a different direction he says I'm going to do it in a way that has never been done in your life before I'm going to say it in a way you've never heard it before I need you to scream at somebody tell them be open it's going to happen quick and it's going to happen within a window and if you don't operate in the window you're going to miss your opportunity but somebody throw up your hands and shout Lord I'm open you know you know, you know what he says in Isaiah he says, behold, I'm going to do a new thing in you. The next phrase says, but will you know it? That, uh, that what, I'm sorry, what you prayed for could be in front of you. But because the package don't look. Have you ever ordered something off of Amazon? And when it got to the house, you said, no, that can't be it. I've been looking for, I expect the package to be different. I expect the package to be bigger. Glory be to God. But because of what God is doing in this hour, he ain't filling nothing up with air. Everything is coming with content. Everything is coming with substance. Because he's shortening the time. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I don't need the fluff. I just want God. I don't need the fluff. I just... I want God. I want God. I want I want God. And if you're going to experience him, you got to be open. Look at the person beside you tell him, "Are you willing to be open?" In other words, you can't control it. You don't get to tell God how to do it. Raquel uh, English was a girl I went to church with growing up. She may be watching online today. She's married now. She got a different last name. But when we were teenagers and all of us were praying for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And we wanted the baptism of the Holy Ghost because the older people in our church talked about it in such a way. They used to tell us like color is not color until you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. Like, I mean, they, used to, they would talk about how light you felt. How almost be intoxicating. When you experience the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's why when I tried to smoke weed, it didn't work because I'd already experienced the high. I'm sorry, maybe I shouldn't have said it on Sunday morning. Uh-huh. You got to be open. They're, they're coming into the temple to pray. And there's a lame man by the gate. And they decided not to ignore him. Some of you are trying to get to the temple and you're ignoring temple work. <sighs> Maybe the doorway of the temple is not the beautiful gate, 
but the lame man or the lame situation that's at the gate everybody wants the beautiful gate to go in but maybe it's an ugly situation that God is using as a portal to get into the presence the Bible says they did not ignore the situation now they got an agenda they got a destination but look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor on your way to your destination don't skip the journey there are things on your way that's going to make the destination make sense it'll be, it'll be the worst thing to do is to get to your destination and don't have the key for where you are because you step over the steps and the Bible said they looked at him the lame man looked at him like a lame person do like a, a beggar would do wanting some money and listen I love this exchange because can y'all give me three minutes okay it's 1202 give me three minutes you still make it to brunch they don't close to uh, two o'clock the Bible said I love this exchange Amir said he looked at him and he says, he said, can y'all give me some money? And uh, Peter and John says, look on us. And the, and the scripture stops and it shifts direction again. It says, and he does. And when he looks on them, he expects to receive something. Oh, I'm sorry. Hallelujah. Hold on. He asks for money and they be like, look at us. And he looked at them and said, yeah. Isn't that something that when God is on you, you can be in a bad season or financial distress and you still look like money? You still look like you got something to give? Encourage somebody beside to tell them, even in your worst season, you still have something to give. Even while you're working out your own problems, even after you're working out your own situation, even though you need counseling yourself, you still have something to give. Don't discount where you are. Don't discount what you have. Scream at somebody, tell them you still have something to give. You tell me Elisha is dead and his bones brought somebody else back to life. Even in your worst predicament, you still have something to give. I don't want to scan on the more. said they said oh I know what we look like that's the favor of God silver and gold have I none but such as I have I give unto thee put your hand out Marlon so hold your hand out like this so instead of going like this they said Some of you got your hand out and he trying to pull all of you out. Some of you asking for a down payment. He said, I want to give you the whole thing. Some of you want to touch and he says, I want to give you a change. I 
need you to get out of your seat and tell somebody it's coming from a different direction. It will not be what you asked for. It will not be what you requested. It's going to be better than what you asked for. Now under him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think. Look at your neighbor and said, neighbor, I'm so glad he didn't give me what I wanted. I thought I knew. I thought I knew. I was trying to tell God how to bless me. I was trying to tell God how to fix me. I was trying to tell God how to change me. Now I got a revelation. Anyway, you want to move me God anywhere you want to touch me God take the keys take the wheel it's coming but it's coming from a different direction it may not come through your favorite person touch somebody else and tell them be open be open I know you thought you knew what you were going to major in but be open you knew who you were going to marry, but be open. I know you thought you knew what you were going to do, but be open because it's coming. I said it's coming. Tell somebody it's coming, it's coming, but it's from a different direction. 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 You need to tell them he ain't in the tomb. Y'all looking for him in the tomb, but the same Jesus. Look up. Stop looking down for it. Look up for it. Look up for it. Hallelujah. Y'all stand. It's coming from a different. It's coming. It's coming from a different direction. As a matter of fact. Some of y'all just look, you looking, you looking for it. You're exhausting yourself looking for it. Just get in the flow of God. Get in the flow of God. Get in the flow of God. Get in that flow of God. Because there's a prophecy in the side view mirror of your car. I said there's a prophecy in the side view mirror. Tabern, I feel like running around this church. But this ain't a Pentecostal church. This is a Presbyterian. I feel a, I feel a Holy Ghost time in here. There's a prophecy in the side view mirror of your, of your car. What does it say? What's the prophecy? The objects in the mirror. This is what I hear. This is what I hear in the Holy Ghost. Beep, 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 beep. 
I'm sorry, y'all. God talks to me different ways. Y'all know I got control issues. So even when I'm in the car and somebody driving, when I hear that sound, beep, beep, I look up. Expecting to see something. Because the beeping in my vehicle is communicating that something is close. Beep, 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 beep. I pray that two things will happen for some of you. That when you get in your car and you look in your side view mirror, that you will pull over and just start dancing. Because you realize it's coming from a different direction. That means seeds you sowed in your past. The seed left your hand, but it didn't leave your life. The harvest is going to hit you on your heel. And these blessings will come on you. Swing your hand over somebody and, shout and overtake you. I pray that when you hear the beeping sound, that it'll be a sign to you. I pray that once you put something in the microwave and you hear something go ding, that it'll be a sign to you that it's done. So, a picture of the New Testament church. See, we don't have a video. We don't have a video. And I'm not down in different people's cultural experience. I'm really not. But people have a tendency to look at us as Pentecostals and think we far way out there. But let's look at the picture of the New Testament church. When the Holy Ghost came, they were speaking in tongues. And number two, the people around them accused them of being how do drunk people in your family act some of them get loud some start getting loose and start dancing come on and give your uncle a hug they start loving on everybody they start biting <laughs> I don't have a video but the Bible said they were they were accused of being drunk and Peter responded and says they are drunk but not like you think they're drunk it's only the night it's still early in the morning he says this is that but I'm looking at Acts chapter 3 brother Hugh once the man got his strength he could have left and went home but instead of going home he went through the gate that he had been stuck outside of all this time he went inside the temple and here he go oh, no if that's what if that's what you do chant for Jesus but that lame man said hold on I could have chanted sitting down the Bible says he went in the temple where did he go he went in walking leaping and praising God I need everybody in this room to know God just shifted the direction of your life just start leaping and praising God 
strength back. I'm getting my 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 strength back. Oh, it's coming from a different direction. It's coming. Praise them, Tabor. Let's go. Come. Hey, this is Bishop S.Y. Younger. Thank you for watching this video. And now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and gospel content in your direction.